podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As an educator, you've been leading students to grow, learn, and achieve for years. Take your passion to the next level by earning your doctoral degree in education online at Grand Canyon University. Become a change agent and help identify emerging trends in K-12 education. Develop innovative solutions and make measured improvements. What do you think making a difference in education looks like? GCU offers over 175 high-quality online programs like this one. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Ese último McNugget me toca a mí porque soy la mayor. ¿Y eso qué tiene que ver? Los mayores se respetan. Eso no existe, ¿cierto, mamá? Ya, quédense tranquilas. Aquí hay otra cajita de McNuggets. Respeto, ¿viste? El no hay rivalidad cuando hay McNuggets deal. Hay un deal para cada salida familiar en McDonald's. Compra uno de tus favoritos, como unos McNuggets de 10 piezas, una Big Mac, una Quarter Pounder with Cheese o un filet fish y te llevas otro por un dólar. Por tiempo limitado, precios y participación pueden variar. Válido para un producto de igual o menor valor. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Fatback 4 Daily for this Thursday evening. I'm your host Gav and with me is Grizz and Shawnee Lawson. Tonight is brought to you by Paddy Power, a bookie's a website and an app. If you gamble, please gamble responsibly and remember to do so with Paddy Power. If you're wondering where Nilo is, he's in a garage somewhere. He said, listen, I'll be with you in about 20 minutes. Um, it, it, listen, the chance of this happening is between Slim and none. Uh, but look, we, we'll carry on. Uh, Shawnee, how are you, my man? Good, mate. Good. Yeah. Good uh, form. All right. Yeah. Closer. Yeah. We're getting there eventually. Yeah. You eventually. said you told me you told me earlier that um because the football's back your 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 nerves are going through the roof already. But what's going on? Yeah, just that you miss them. I always get nervous <sighs> for a Liverpool game. Like it doesn't matter whether it's wrapped up. Obviously, when it's won, I won't be. I'll enjoy it a little bit more. But as long as it until it's done, I'll be nervous. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm always mm. the same. I'm always I'm always the same. That's I don't know. That's I think that's fair enough. Um, uh, uh, nervous. Uh, I don't know. I think we're we're home and host. Um, more than that. But I know what you're saying. You you just have that little thing inside you until it's done and dusted, and you yeah. can relax down for the rest of the summer. Uh, Grizz, um, are you still predicting Liverpool to finish in second place? I didn't say that. Where's the proof? Mm. Have you got proof of this? Oh, <laughs> um, the, the, the prosecution hasn't rested yet, Chris. Let me put it that way. But um, no, uh, I'm I'm not nervous. I'm, I'm actually really. It's like Christmas, isn't it? It's like you know the start of the season. It's all the hype and the build up. And do you know? Do you know? We realized. I, I realized yesterday when not so much the first game. Even the first game, right? It was a zero zero. But. You know, me being a, a purist and a real football man, even though I managed to enjoy that somehow, do you know, aspects of that. And it's 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 like Christmas, it's like wow, football's back and you only realise how much we've missed it when sort of you you hear the players coming out, you know, the music and everything. I'm I'm bubbling, man. I'm as Shawnee says, it's just nearly here, I'm ready to go, you know. Getting the two wins, whether it's you know, I think we're going to draw two all against Everton, so we're not going to get the first. It's pro- we're going to probably beat City away to get the the three points, and Bob's our uncle, isn't it? Okay, yeah. 
Um, there's plenty of people in the chat, um, and we will get to them in a minute. If you're in there, please hit the like button. Um, you're probably subscribed. If you're not subscribed, subscribe. Well, please hit the like button. It's very important, apparently. And you hit the bell icon, and you never miss a show. And trust me, you will not miss one on YouTube. Um, that's where we're going. Uh, with this we're trying to push youtube and we've a little something coming up for you with regards to hot mic next week as well um spoiler alert competition but we will get to that as well um someone is asking is grizz's mic actually on yeah it is on um he probably just needs to speak up a little bit but he's nah. it, it's it's really? definitely on speak up? Okay. yeah no no don't panic grizz don't start moving stuff around that's yeah, that's not your on. style and it doesn't come suit on. you just stay where you are and talk up a you bit know. um but listen, um, no, listen, before we go on, um, the, the comments, I have to say, and me and Charlie were speaking about this earlier, the comments and, and Grizz as well has, has said this, the comments from people over the last week um, on all the different shows have been brilliant. The knowledge of people, uh, the input has been excellent. So keep it up. Keep spreading the word. Hit the, You can literally copy the link to this and share it across all your social media. And um, as I said, YouTube is the place to be and Hot Mike will also be the place to be starting from next week on certain nights of the week. Lads, um, I called this show David Louise and the Broken Watch and um, immediately I thought it's a bit of a like Harry Potter reference or something. I don't know. Shiny thought it was amazing. And then I explained to him that the watch actually was broken. But I, we're going to go there first, and it's Villa Park. And Grizz, um, I know we've had the experience of German football and nobody in the stadium and, and you know, soulless and stuff like that. I found it even more weird um, trying to watch the Premier League last night. And it wasn't the best game to start us off, was it, Villa and Sheffield United? No, it wasn't. But why did you find it weird first? Like, why did you, um, you find it I think I think it's you know all the effort with all these flags going around and you know cheesy kind of fucking See, this is where I'm different from you Gav I'm mm. so totally focused on the game from a sort of you know tactical point of view and a, you know analytical point of view and you know most people found it a boring 0-0 I did not I thought there was enough incident it was a proper league game I thought of course the pace ain't going to be what it was sort of when did we stop March Something yeah, like that. Middle of March. Playing, yeah, so we stopped playing in middle of March. Of course, the pace and intensity wasn't going to be the same from the offset. But I thought both both teams equipped themselves well. Now, if you're going to talk about the atmosphere and blah, 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 look, I just put on the fake noise option. I, I turned it off. I don't know if you get it on the dodgy box. You've got the dodgy box in it. No, I have a legitimate um, you got infrastructure in my house. You haven't got anything legitimate in Dublin. What? <laughs> You've some cheek me. telling me from East London. But you choose the um, option. I don't know. I can't remember what color button it is. And you get the sound effect, and and it does just banging all the different color buttons. <laughs> it does the job. No, but it does the job. It does help. I found it. It's not. It's not. If you're going to expect the same product, the same spectacle, the same feeling, you're not. It's going to be slightly different, but. Honest to God, I was really okay with it. I mean, look, even in the second game, we managed to create an atmosphere at Etihad. That's a first, do you know what I mean? So it's all it's some positives, do you know what I mean? Like, I, don't know, I don't know if anyone was has watched the first half of Real Madrid-Valencia here, just before you hopped on. Uh, Real Madrid are actually playing their games at that training ground. Oh. And they've, they've somehow managed to make the, look, the training ground actually look and sound exactly like the Bernabeu. It's wow. fucking incredible. Like, yeah, and are they, pump, are they pumping sounds? Because I, I, Shani, am I right in saying that these sounds that you hear on the telly are not being heard in the ground? 
No, they're not. They're, the players can't hear anything. I think. Right. I read the other Is day it different that, in Spain? No, no, it's the same. It's the same. Okay. The only the only difference with the broadcasting in Spain is that they actually have like a, an augmented reality sort of crowd in the background. So it sort of looks a bit like FIFA, more FIFA 99 now than FIFA 20, to be fair. Yeah. But um, look, I was watching the Madrid game tonight there. And like you said, when you're, when you're just simply just watching the football, you kind of forget in the background that there's nobody there because the, the noises are fairly like, they're plausible. They're plausible. There might even be an, an atmosphere in Anfield for 90 minutes next Wednesday. Oh, big show. <laughs> big show. But, Shani, um, Grace has told us that despite nobody being in the ground and fake FIFA 98 sounds coming out through the telly, um, he watched it in an analytical mind and a tactical mind and all that. I don't know if take that whatever way you, you can. Um, but, Shani... I seen it. I seen a distinct lack of pace in the game at Villa Park yesterday. To be honest with you, um, I the, even technical ability. I think which both teams have players with, with great technical ability. Um, Villa really do, despite where they are in the league. I felt that there was a, there was a lack of pace. The, the, the touch was off. The intensity wasn't there. We're just gonna have to expect that, Shawnee, aren't we? Because, like, you know, they've been, no matter what way you, what way you try to box this up, they've been out for three months. Exactly. You know it's I mean? a hundred, like, the, the, the sky kept banging on about it yesterday that it was a hundred days since the last game in the Premier League. So obviously the players are going to be, they're going to be lacking that match sharpness. Like, you look at, that's what pre-season is for. That's where you see three, four to six weeks of pre-season before the actual ball is kicked in a regular season. So the players have some sort of sharpness going back into the game. Like you see City, City had that rhythm already, but they were still even a little bit slow. Like it was, of course it's going to be slow. People are going to say it's down to the crowd or not. They're human at the end of the day. You can run as many kilometres as you want to do shuttles and training. Match sharpness only comes from playing the actual games. Yeah, That's all it is. You'll yeah. see now, it, the games are coming ticking fast. So tomorrow night, I actually think, is, is a game where there's a lot on stake for both teams. I think it's the biggest league game of the season for, for both sides so far, you know, and sports. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how they'll go into it now. Pep Guardiola said that City weren't ready and they were struggling, but they didn't look like it last night. Now, Arsenal were shy, but City was, City say, was yeah. Arsenal were terrible, but City did still look very sharp. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think the better teams are going to look sharper because they dominate the ball more. And um, by dominating the ball more, they're easier on the eye, even more so when you're not sidetracked by by crowds and stuff like that. You know you're watching it in a, in a strange environment. So, you, like I was joking with Grizz earlier, like he was saying he watched it in a, in a certain way, but I know where he's coming from. Without the distractions, you actually do see a lot more. Do you know what I mean? You're, you're not listening to the crowd and oh, what happened there. You're actually you're actually very very focused on it. Um, but Grizz, just on the game itself and 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 the result. Villa would have been looking to, to win that and get out of, of of the relegation zone. As it stands now, I think they're still in it, aren't they? Mm. Um, we're all, they're all even amount of games played now. For you, does Villa need to win that to get going? Or do you think there's still plenty of time left? Because everyone now sits, as we as we sit here now, everyone sits with um, nine games to go. I'm not going to lie. I haven't studied Villa's remaining fixtures, but I would have thought... You know, every game is vital now. You know, normally where we say it's a, it's a marathon, well, it's not now, is it? It's literally a sprint. You know, eight, is it nine games? Yeah, eight nine games. Nine games left for everybody, nine games, yeah. Nine games left for everyone, sorry. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, 
that was their game in hand. It would have been an amazing boost for either side to get the three points. But if you asked me to predict it from the start, I would have said a draw. This is nailed on draw. I mm. thought Villa equipped themselves very well because everyone's talked about this uh, United side being so well drilled and with their tactics and sort of uh, the fitness and their stamina levels and the energy levels, etc., etc. But I thought Villa handled themselves very well. Villa had made quite a few changes from their last league game as well, like five, six changes, which would explain sort of the lack of rhythm maybe as well. So for United picked near enough the usual team, so you could, you know, you could say they should have been more sort of drilled. Um, but I thought it was an even game. I mean, even though Sheffield United looked stronger, more powerful, um, Henderson made the more saves, if I'm mm. not mistaken. There weren't many clear-cut chances. I thought Sheffield United looked like the home side. Yeah, I mean, Sheffield United domin- sort of looked like the team that was sort of higher up in the table. You could definitely see that. But Aston Villa, I thought, done well, especially the chain- number of changes, as I said, they made. Their standout player was Jack Grealish. I mean, you know, people talk about Madison, and I know we've got our own opinions. We've discussed it in our groups as well. Like, you know, who do we prefer out of the He's youngsters? Like, I know like I know, some prefer Cantwell or some prefer Madison. But for me, in that bracket, in that category, I've said Grealish from the start, and he's, he's really impressed me this season. He's taken his game to another level. So he was a standout performer in terms of technical ability. And boy, does he get fouled a lot. I mean, I, only in the commentary, I think, I heard that he's the most fouled player. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you know what I noticed about it yesterday? And he does get fouled a lot. He's a very, he's a really, really, really good footballer. And I think if Villa go down, they're going to have to get absolutely flounced by him. But, and they're going to get nowhere near what he's worth. But the thing about him is, he isn't lightning quick. So when he actually drops that shoulder and goes by it, he gives you the opportunity to stick a foot in, but he's very good at protecting the ball. So, you know, he's got a bit of feel about him. He's got a bit of Coutinho about him. It, it, yes, I would agree with that because when he he doesn't he doesn't go by it and get away from you and he's gone. Mm-hmm. You know he's not Sadio Mane or Mo Salah or or somebody yeah. like that or or even even a, a Rashford or or a Aubameyang. You know where they're gone and they're gone. No, but he's giving you that. He, he he's making you think you have a chance to get the ball. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and that's why he creates so much because the areas he gets the ball in. If you don't get it off him. He's away from you. He is away from you because you're trying to tackle it and he's gone and now he's opening things up. And That's if you dive felt. in, he's getting he's getting free kicks in good areas and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's um he, he was very, very he's very, very good. I think they're gonna get absolutely robbed of him um in the summer. Exactly, Go on, Johnny. He's exactly like Hazard. Like Hazard was doing would do that where he just leave the ball there for you long enough and you put your foot in, he's gonna take it away from you. And if you don't get the ball, you get the man, you're giving away a free, do you know what I mean? But but Hazard was deceptively quick, Sean. He, yeah, no, got, I'm not saying... I know he's got Hazard is, and everything. Yeah. But he's deceptive. You, you know, don't, don't look at his batty and think he can't run. That no, can't no, run. he's yeah. quick. Well, not, I, I haven't seen it for a little while, but yeah. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that long ago when we were playing Aston Villa in an FA Cup semi-final and Grealish as a 19-year-old ran the whole game. Yeah. And yeah, he, he was and massive he, for them. He's done that every year since he's been there. So he kind of has that, that leadership quality about him. And you can only think that when he goes to another team, he's going to be even better. Yeah, we're surrounded by better players that he will flourish. Kevin Sullivan reckons he, 
Kevo Sullivan reckons he would develop into a very good towards centre midfielder. Uh, Spores maybe. I don't think Spores have the money. Um, yeah, I think no I think problems. the only thing that might save Villa is if they stay up and there's no money around the place. I think that's the uh, only thing that might absolutely. save them. Absolutely. I think I think I think it definitely might save them. I think Villa uh, lost either way now because mm. um, they won't be able to command the fee that he hundred percent would have if there wasn't a COVID. I mean, we're looking. I know they're expecting 70, 80, but we're looking 50, 60 million probably for him. Easily, um, yeah. Yeah, but there's no chance, no chance anyone comes up with that kind of money now. I think clubs like United and I don't know who, who else will probably be in for him, but I think they'll look for desperation on Aston Villa's part like in the last week or two and give them offers like silly offers like 30 million, you know, 35 million. And Aston Villa may be forced to sell that's what I think what will go against Villa there as well in the end is that I think this summer you'll see clubs only really pursuing their top targets because uh, unless you're Chelsea who kind of cash free at the moment, cash rich, they can kind of go after multiple targets. Whereas you see United, United didn't go after Werner because they strung out on Sancho. Now United aren't going to be able to bring in Sancho and Grealish. It's going to be one or the other. So I think that's where Villa might actually might be in luck because unless somebody mm-hmm. has shown that the market around going in and taking Grealish away from Villa, I don't see anybody paying them the money that they demand. And I think he's Villa true and true. So if they were to stay up, I couldn't see him dirty in his babe to get no, out. There. Yeah, no, no, definitely. No, no. no. <laughs> I don't think he will, but I would be very surprised if Jack Grealish doesn't have something in it, written into his contract about a, a top four club or B, if they get relegated, what he can do because. Listen, he he knows he's the top dog there, and any decent agent knowing that the player is the main man at a club is going to make sure that a he gets what he deserves, and b he has a get out clause if he needs it. Um, Grace, yeah. you spoke about Aston Villa's uh, fixtures for the rest of the season, and me being a really good friend of yours, went and looked them up. Okay, um, so I think I think they're in trouble, Chris, because I'll read these out to you and let me know what you think. Right, here's the remaining games: home to Chelsea, away to Newcastle. Home to Wolves, away to Liverpool, home to Manchester United, home to Crystal Palace, um, away to Everton, home to Arsenal, away to West Ham. Ah, mate, Gonski. Absolutely. I think they're in trouble there. Because, and and the reason it it struck me was, right, Chelsea obviously have something to play, massively something to play for. Newcastle, okay, safe enough, but Wolves, Liverpool, um, Manchester United. You know, Crystal Palace, okay, but Everton are always looking to impress and improve. Um, and there still might be a more chance of Europa League football. Arsenal most certainly are, and West Ham are fighting for their lives on the last day of the season. Um, it's um, Kieran B says, what club are you talking about there? It's Aston Villa's running. Um, it looks I'd difficult say, to me. Brilliant, Brian. Brighton oh, I'll get, Bri- I'll get Brighton's up here in a few minutes because we, we might as well sit on this for a minute before we go well, on to the next game. Well, I was going to say, I mean, I don't want to go get ahead of your agenda, Gav, but to me, <laughs> that's the, the three clubs that we've, two clubs that we've mentioned, Brighton, Shorty's mentioned, and Villa, and we know Norwich are gone. I think those three are, are near enough nailed to go down, if you ask me right now. I can't see any of them three breaking out uh, of that bottom three, if that's the bottom three right now, which I'm not 100% sure. No, uh, the bottom three is Bournemouth, Villa, and Norwich at the moment. I can see yeah. Bournemouth coming out, Sean. I can yeah. Kieran B says, Kieran B reckons Villa are gone for sure, um, uh, and reckons and reckons also that Grealish is gone as well. Do you remember, 
thing that stands out for me straight away is when you're in them scraps, you need a goal scorer, and Villa don't look. They like don't look like they have it. Now you look at Watford, Deeney, and that Sar lad has talent. They and Delafeo, there is goals in that side. Barmit, Callum Wilson is back. Harry Wilson has been banging in goals. They have Josh King there. There's goals in the side. So and you look out. West Ham were dropping like a stone before this COVID mm-hmm. came out. And yeah. they might just have enough quality in the team to stay West Ham West Ham are just Bro- like the old West West Ham are just well, like the old West Ham where you said there's too much talent. Like, you know, the kid Anderson can play. The kid Haller yeah. up front can play. Um, you know, they've got um that midfield Snodgrass, you know, I think is a very decent Premier League player, you know. You know, bottom sort of bottom ten team, but still a decent Premier League player. So you could say, uh, you know, they've got quite decent defenders. I rate the guy. What's his name? The the play the one who plays up front, middle, back, everywhere. Oh, I forgot his Declan name. Declan Rice. He's a good player, but no, no, he's not. Guy, man. But anyway, they've got a decent. Michael Antonio. Of course. So you know, Antonio. Yeah, Are you shitting me? Well, you don't. Well, he's, he's a good he's, player. Michael Antonio. Oh, yeah. He's yeah, a decent player. Naby Keita gets on the pitch more than Mikel Antonio, for fuck's sake. No, 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 no. He's had serious injuries, man. <clears throat> but the guy, but they, they've been playing him through the middle just off Haller. And he's got sort of, he's got brute strength and speed, which, you know, always helps. So I think West Ham will unfortunately stay up because I really want them to fucking go down. But um, Aston Villa, man. But then again, do you remember a couple of seasons ago? Was it last season? Which team had some horrible fixtures and they managed to sort of get wins out of nowhere? I can't remember that. You know, there was a lovely team and they sort of had fixtures against the big boys and they kept coming out with results. Oh, oh fuck. You'll, you'll probably think of at some stage. Shawnee, just for the crack, here's Brighton's running. <laughs> um, Arsenal at home, yeah, three points. Yeah. Right, so here we go. <laughs> Arsenal at home, Leicester away, United at home, Norwich away, Liverpool at home. Man City at home, Southampton away, Newcastle at home, Burnley away. There's probably... I can't the see them getting points thing, in more than three and three of them games. The only, the only thing is, Burnley away is not half the game it is now with no fans there. It's mm. like, they're, they're, Some of them games are going to be glorified training sessions between the, the, the teams who have nothing to play for. It'll be pre-season games. to be teams going around in second gear. Um, Burnley are more or less safe, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they'll be fine. Mid-table now. Imagine that. Brighton, Brighton could be bollocks, but the fact they have a little two-point head start might be enough. The only the only thing is the way they fall, Shani. You're, you're looking at the you're looking at the last three games where you go, oh, they've a chance in a couple of them, but the ones before you're looking going, oh, holy Jesus. Like they could, they could literally go six games, six defeats straight, and then they're looking going, they could be four or five points off survival with three to go. Do you know See, what I mean? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna sound like a hipster again, right? But I, I think Brian's manager's okay, you know. I like Yeah, he's a good coach. Well. Yeah, he's I a think good he's a coach. Good coach. Yeah. And and he's been around Europe, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And and, and and he tries to play the right way. Um I know that's not sometimes the cleverest thing to do when you haven't got the players for it. And Chris. you ask Chris, yeah. a couple of people are asking here, how are you on this stream and you're on 90 minutes at the same time? What's going on? Oh, it's, the video's premiering. They've started. Ah, it's, right. Is that what they've done right now? Tell you, yeah. Chris Corn on the internet on the, on the oh, tours, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, do you, you want to head off and watch yourself or do you want to stay here with us? I'm home, man. I hope this doesn't go against the contract. 
Here, here's a question for Aiden. Aiden, what the fuck are you doing watching 90 minutes? Yeah, Aiden. Oh, um, maybe, maybe he just has two screens up. No, um, yeah, this is my home fixture. They're, they're, they're my away team. You're my home team always. Don't yeah. Um, 90 mon- minutes are running a live show. Um, yeah, they, they probably are. Fair play to them. Do they not usually do it live? Yeah, not today we didn't. So they've obviously decided to sort of um, All right. put it at the same time as the day trip. That's how we roll people up yeah, into, okay. um, against us. Nah, no one competes against us. We just do what we like. I'll try yeah. to say different things, Aiden. Oh, imagine you went and watched that one after and he's just saying the exact same stuff. He has all written down in front of him. <laughs> no matter what. No, you ask him a question and he goes, can you ask me something different to have a great answer here from earlier? <laughs> yeah, I'll try, I'll try to be different. Oh, but look, we, we, um, as the weeks go on, we're definitely going to look at the, the, the relegation race because it's probably as interesting as anything in the league over the next nine. But um, looking at the second game last night and... Uh, People going in going, I think Arsenal might do something against City. You know, go and have a lie down, will you? Jesus Christ. Uh, Jer Carlas, did the day trip split up? What happened to Ray and Joe and the Welsh lad? Um, Ray. Big, big contract Ray, dispute. You can't get Ray, involved. I can't live on uh, Ray Brady walked. Ray Brady um, has threatened to walk away because we wouldn't spend between three and five grand on smoke bombs um, <laughs> for the end of the season. Uh Big Joe Walsh is too busy winning money on the golf and telling everyone that David Luiz is, is an astonishing piece of business at 8 million for Arsenal. And the Welsh lad, I presume, is Dave Thomas. I haven't a clue, me. I haven't got an, a, a notion what's going on with Dave Thomas. You might have to ring one of the fields to find out that. Um, so, on to the next. Uh, Shaquille Khan says, um, Day Trippers number one. Is that you, Chris, typing that in? Or is it some of a lot of about the blame broken much? No. No, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but uh, Grizz is in the man, says Stevie. Uh, they left on a Bosman. Um, they hadn't got a contract in the first place. We wouldn't be doing contracts. You're mad. But the broken watch, before we get on to City, sorry, Shani. Um, thanks. Thank God you're here. Um, especially considering Nilo's going to be here in any minute now. But the broken watch. So, bit of a backstory. Um, I called this show the, the Broken Watch as I explained at the start of the show. Uh, Shawnee laughed. I said, "What are you laughing at?" He said, "The Broken Watch is funny." I said, "No, no, no, genuinely, the watch was broken." Um, it was a Kevin friend doing the referee. No, no, it was Michael Oliver. Michael Oliver, the best one around. Fucking poor cunt. Um, but basically, the, this corner or whatever happens, um, they all appeal, and he's pointing at the watch, going, "No, lads, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Everything's fine." He got back into the changing room. And the watch went off saying goal. That's genuine. You had her on airplane mode or he was just, you know, he hadn't got it turned on to Roman because when he, you know, something along them lines. But when he knocked the Roman off, when he when he got the Roman going in the, in the dressing we're, room. We're laughing about that, but yeah. fucking hell, like, that's two points for Sheffield. In, in, the, like, in the end of the day, that could be the reason Sheffield are in and out of European football. After yeah. nine games. Well, yeah. actually, if they won that, they would have gone ahead of United. Level yeah. Level, level with and games. Playing, and so, playing them in a couple of weeks. It's, yeah. It shouldn't be happening. Like, and then you bring in the VAR. Now, I know VAR is to deal with penalty, cleared and obvious fouls and serious foul play and offside and shit like that. Surely the fellas in Stockley Park could have said, look, that was over the line. You have to give the goal. There was obviously an issue with the... Now, you're absolutely spot on because Kieran B says it was a farce. And let, let me tell you something. If, if that ball went in there and let's just say for argument's sake, there was an elbow thrown as a fella headed it off the line. 
VAR would have checked that over and over again and said, there's an elbow in there, you need to send them off. They can't exactly. be just, they can't be just looking at stuff that the referee has. They have to be watching the whole game. Um, why oh, can't they just, you know, Stevie asked, why can't they just give them the goal if it was a genuine mistake? Um, they can't. Once the issue goes past and, and they, they, they finish the half or, or they, they restart the game in any way, um, they can't go back. Um, they really can't. But I'm with you, Shawnee. I can't understand how VAR didn't turn around and go, that was over the line. That was 100% over the line. There must be something wrong with the technology here and, and done something like that. Surely he's able to go, Grizz. Grizz, surely he's able to go and say, lads, can you just check that? Because these are convinced this was over the line. But me watch is low on battery and it's not telling me anything. I can't get the signal. Can you can you help me out? Because you know, Michael Oliver looks like an idiot. All things considered, and when I say all things, I mean like VAR, the amount of cameras, first game back of the season, the whole world's eyes on the Premier League, everything, right? And sort of assistant referees and referees and one and couple in Stockley Park. That was, for me, one of the worst decisions of all time. And I mean that because... How many people were watching that? And even Michael Oliver must have thought, whoa, what's going on? And he must have given it the old tap. You know when you give something the old tap and it starts working? You know, mm. he, he didn't... You know, no, apparently... Apparently... The Lions man said... The Lions man said it was a goal. He said he didn't flag. Yeah, he said he didn't flag because he just expected to watch the Gwaf and Oliver to know. But so he's why seen did he the, open his mouth and go to the referee? No. And what then, like, a this, he didn't go to the I tell you what, with, with the way the game has gone now, I, like next season, they should be making the refs and officials stand in front of a camera at, yeah. at, after 90 minutes and explain the mistakes. Like, See, I didn't I, know that. What Sean yeah. just said that the lines yeah. come yeah. and said he, he saw it go over the line, yet he didn't have the balls, basically, right, to go and tell the referee, listen, that was a 100% a goal. Check with the technology. How long before was it? Uh, how long was it before half time? Does anyone? Oh, it was. It was on the half time. Just on half time. Yeah, and then apparently, apparently, this I read an article today. I think it was Jamie Redknapp was saying it on Sky. Uh, the word came back that he walked into the dressing room, into his room, you know, at half time, and he looked down, and the watch was beeping, saying goal. So, so he can he, why, can he not change the decision? No, because the no game restart the game the game restarted Grizz and played on for a num for a number of minutes before the half time whistle went. You know, um but it's, like in fairness in fairness, Barry De Barry Devon says nine thousand games and it didn't fail before last night. That's fair enough. Well, man, but you but you always need to have a backup. Yeah, it's it's like the, the uh, VAR is there to assist the referee, so that's when the referee needs fucking assistance when he's let down by the systems that are in place. Doesn't make sense. But imagine, imagine for instance, that was we were fucking a point ahead in the title race, and did you get that goal at Villa Park yesterday? Hmm. Oh, Villa have that shot too. Well, like, I'm, yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I feel extra sorry for Sheffield United because I've got a feeling, a small feeling, that if it happened to one of the big boys, I think there would have been much more made of it than there has been. Much yeah. But the, 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 still, the, the outcome wouldn't have been any different. But I, I will say, if Sheffield United get to the end of the season and they're a point off Champions League, um, 
when all is said and done, they'd be looking at that. Um, Key Plunker has an interesting one. He says, Michael Oliver was proper stitched up yesterday. Nothing to do with the watch, but to do with the fact he went in with a 1970s news reporter hairstyle while all the players had fresh, fresh fades. Um, that could have been something. It could have been something to do with it, all right? Um, but, but, like, you know, but, you know, we, can we, we've, we've praised Wilder before with, with words he said about Liverpool and his honesty and, and generally, you know, his, his, his mannerisms during the season. I thought he was an absolute credit as well again yesterday. How yeah, many managers did. would have lost their fucking heads there, but he was proper cool as a cucumber. I have no doubts in my hand head hand. Do I have doubts in my hand? That's handy, isn't it? Right now. But but I, I've got no doubts in my head that if Klopp wasn't manager of the year, Chris Wilder would definitely, definitely be uh, manager Absolutely. of the year. Okay. Um ladies and gentlemen, we're out for a deal. It's Nilo. 150 years of breakthroughs, milestones, and triumphs. 150 years of Children's National Hospital. 150 years of generous community support. You can give kids a future where they get freckles instead of chemotherapy and paper cuts instead of surgery. Children's National Hospital. 150 years stronger with your help. Please give today. Visit childrensnational.org slash 150 years. That's childrensnational.org slash 150 years. <laughs> Nilo, how are you, my man? All right, how's it going? Just in COVID lockdown here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is where the show is going to take a turn. I don't know what turn it's going to take. I'm just after a couple of 90 minutes there. Oh, yeah. I'm covering, I'm covering for Grace, but come here, I have to do a black face. I wasn't very comfortable with it. Yeah, okay, no problem. Right, uh, do your best not to end us as a, as an as an entity in the next twenty minutes, Neil. Will you please? Yeah. Um, but just just you to catch up, Neil. What um we are talking about the broken watch at Villa Park and how Michael Oliver um got stitched up a little bit. And yeah, I've, listen, I didn't watch it, guys. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no problem. Do you want me to tell? Do you want me to tell you what happened, Neil? No. But listen, come here. Um, Nilo, did you watch any football yesterday? I'm going to grab some water, please. Uh, get, okay. Yeah, okay. Did you watch the City game? Um, Yes. That's a lie. <laughs> oh, you're oh. Marty. Alright, what's the story with Rick and Marty? I got mad into it. Uh, Shani introduced me to it about three weeks ago. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Paul Bandler's is my new favourite show. Okay, no problem. Um, I think the talk of football might be gone. I think no, we might well, be fucked. Yeah. I'm fine about the football. Yeah, no, so Nilo, I'll tell you what I want to ask you. Um, I'm not about Liverpool. This is a Liverpool show. I couldn't give a gee about yeah. Aston or anyone. Yeah, I know. I know that Nilo. I know that Nilo. But listen, we just we just want to have a quick word about the the City game yesterday. And um, what's your thoughts on David Luiz overall, Nilo? Uh, he's a banger. Yeah, he's a banger in the sense of an Irish banger. I means he's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I was he's going to go in the World Cup there about twenty five years ago for four hundred yards. Never since then he's worth hundred thirty million. <laughs> yeah, it's madness, isn't it? Like, um, yeah. Watching the game, watching the game yesterday, I was actually I was watching at home, and I, wa- I walked up the street to tell me daughter to get in. It was late. Oh, what? Well, yeah, this sounds mad interesting. Bro. No, I know, yeah. And when I walked into my mate's gaff, he went, "Oh, so Arsenal so doing all right here." Really and then, really, and then, <laughs> and then David Louise decided that um, 
he didn't he just didn't know how to use his feet anymore. He was just gonna run around trying to play yeah, football I with his knee. Yeah, I said to said, listen, we want to sign him, but we haven't really got the money at the minute. So in other words, we were there's no way we were signing him. He's shit and he was shit yesterday, so fuck him. Yeah, okay. But there's a there's an up on Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> There's um there's an in-depth analysis of uh, David Luiz if you need it. Sean, he's a nightmare, isn't he? Yeah, he's fucking he's always been he's been an accident waiting to happen since he came to the Premier League, really. He stood out in bits in his fourth season at Chelsea, but even they shipped him off then to the PSG. Um Arsenal thought they were getting a bleeding bag when he came in, but he was the last thing that they needed. He's fucking, he's Dejan Lovren on steroids. Yeah, yeah but, the, but the thing is, the thing is, Sean, Dejan Lovren is our fourth choice. So, okay, he's shit yeah. and he gives us shit moments, but he's our fourth choice. This is supposed to be the savior. And I said it on, um, he's fucking up. I said it on another show that he's, for me personally, he's the worst pound for pound center back in the last few years. How he's gone for like real money is beyond me. Like, well, come here, Grace, like over a hundred million in transfers. It's mental. Nah. Yeah. So so Chelsea sell Chelsea sold him for was it for fifty and bought him they back bought for forty five. Yeah. Was it something they like bought that? Him bought him initially for thirty from Benfica and yeah. then sold yeah. him for fifty and then bought him back for thirty five and then. So they spent they so they spent sixty five million on him. Yeah. If my maths are correct, hold on. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, money. That's, that's that's some serious money laundering going on, man. Danny yeah. Emery says you, you've got to be impressed that David Luiz kept up his form despite being in three months of lockdown. Yeah, actually, do. Um, that's a fair point. That's a fair point. But, no, he, but he, he epitomizes he, Arsenal. He he literally epitomizes Arsenal. He's the perfect player for that shambolic club right now. I'm sorry if there's any Arsenal. In fact, they'll agree with me. No one's going to disagree with me. But I think. Arsenal have got a shout for being one of the worst run clubs in the last five to seven years. Well, not financially, surely. I wouldn't have thought they were very well financially. But come here, I'd say Luis is the perfect file for someone like John Terry or a real old school defender. Who's they, they'd go mad, Milo. They'd go mad next year. Honest to God. They'd go mad. Yeah, but you see, I, I, know, I, know where, I know where Nilo's coming from because, like... I've spoken on different shows about Arsenal at times, and I have, as I'm not even an Arsenal fan, and I get so frustrated by watching what they're trying to do or not trying to do. They keep signing these centre backs that think they look good, but they're defenders. And go and fucking defend, you know. Well, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think David Luiz is as ever the centre half. I don't know how he ended up there. Because, because, to be honest, because Conte put him in a back three and let him be the spare man to go around playing football. That's yeah, what he done. And he, and he's not bad at that. Like he, he's not actually bad on the ball. That's no, he's thing. technically very good. Yeah, he, he is technically yeah. very good. He strikes the ball well. He can zing the ball around. Just when it comes to the basic the fundamentals of defending, it goes out the window. And it's not like he tries. It's like he just doesn't care. To see, he pulled Mares back there last night when he went past him, like you do in the schoolyard. He done the same thing to Salah at Anfield. Well, check this for a stat. Check this for a stat for David Luiz. He gives a penalty away every six games. That's an insane statistic. Yeah, insane. that is mad. That is mad. But look, see, I just, I just think like the problems at Arsenal on the pitch are so fucking blatant. Every so, eight games. Say again. I said it's a penalty every point one eight games. What is? David Luiz stats. I just did the math. Oh, okay. Thanks for that. Um, 
But it, 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 the, the problems they have is so Gavin, obvious. Let me say something about David Luiz, yeah? I think yeah. David Luiz is a typical example of um, how people started to look at football 10 years ago, that you need to be able to play football first and defend in second, because the whole thing is possession, 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 and when you keep possession, you don't really have to be able to defend. But when he was exposed as it is somewhere where he's going to have to defend because he couldn't keep possession, he was found out. Magnificent point. That's why he does so well for Brazil point. because they have the ball 80% of the time, so he doesn't have to defend that much. But when he has to deal with the fundamental things of defending, he's, found, he's left one. But but you're, you're spot on, Nilo. And uh, <laughs> but you're spot on. And the thing know, is, yeah. like, how right, how right. do Nilo genuinely, genuinely, right? In all seriousness, how how do Arsenal continue to fucking do this and not cop on what they're actually fucking doing and what mistakes they're making? I think. Like, this can, is, I think can, can you fathom easy. that? It's very easy to say go out and sign a defender who's going to make who's going to turn out to be Paul McGrath, for example, or going to turn out to be John Terry. Yeah, they're, they're them, lads. The defenders like that come around once every 20 fucking years or once every 10 years. They're not out there. You can't just go. You can't no, make I'm, not, I'm not asking for that, Nilo. I'm asking for, I'm asking for them to sign a defender that just wants to defend. I'm not asking well, how good this, he is. You have to look at it the way the game is to progress nowadays. You have to deep line midfielder, right? If, effectively, he's another centre half in some occasions. And if, you, if, and if that lad you have doing that job for you, can't do that either. I can only do it to 80, 70 to 80%, then your defence is left exposed all the time, and then you're relying on a defender who isn't really that good at defending. So it doesn't just start at the back four, it starts a little further ahead of that. Would you, agree, just, that, would you agree that um, that they just deserve what's happening to them? Because yeah, they just, fuck them, like. Yeah, Grant, um, yeah. that's where I really wanted to get to. Um, listen, you all thought Nilo was acting the bollocks, he was, but that's Nilo, there you go. He's actually teaching everyone um, all about football now for the next 15, 20 minutes before he heads off, and, and we all head off. Um, but lads, City, City won the game, they cut the point, they cut it to 22 points, and we'll have a preview show of the whole Premier League tomorrow night um, with Keith and a couple of lads that I'm not too sure of yet, but I know Keith's doing something tomorrow with regards to um, all the football that's going on. Reaction to games tomorrow and then games over the weekend. But listen, the, the big one is... Um, the big one is Sunday for us. And, Shani, I'll come to you first. Um, you know, City winning is 22 points. What do you want to see out of us on Sunday? Oh, I know you want to win. But what do you want to see out of us? What would you like to see? Because we've touched on, you know, the pace of this game or the pace of that game, the intensity. Is that what you want to see? Is that what you're looking for? Yeah. Like, I, you know, Gab, I love football. So, soon as it came back, done everything I could to watch the likes of Bayern whenever I could. And I was just blown away by what I was seeing from Bayern Munich. Just pure technical ability, playing literally with no inhibitions, just free-flowing football. It was like watching a training session, like watching a, a really, really high-level training session when you're watching Bayern Munich on the ball. I'd love to see us with that intensity again going on Sunday because, to be honest, we did start to drop off a little bit before mm. the, this, the COVID because although Atletico uh, and Anfield was actually probably one of our best performances of the season, yeah. We obviously didn't get the result. Um, we were shy at Wofford. We were poor away to Norwich. And we were poor at home to Bournemouth. But we were getting the results. So I'm just hoping with this three-month break that we come back refreshed, re-energised and literally just fucking blow the back doors off the leg for the next nine games. Smash records. Stick your asterisks. Up your bollocks. Look at the end table. Record breakers. Champions of England. And then... Go again. Uh, Chris, when you look towards Sunday, you, you believe it'll be a two-all draw. 
Um, and I'm putting that out there now, so you can tell me on on Sunday night ingest. when we win. <clears throat> oh, did you? Okay, so give me give me a realistic um, or your real uh, prediction on what what you think might happen on Sunday. What way we might line up? What may ever, what would Everton do? Tier, I know the injuries, but tier one, tier mezzanine, somewhere along there, yeah. Uh, you know what, Gav? I can't wait because I, I, I'm, I agree with Shorty that we were a little bit tired, a little bit fatigued. We'd put everything in the last two seasons. You got to remember the seasons before as well, um, and we possibly could have been running out of a little bit of adrenaline. A couple of players picking up injuries, playing through injuries, but I think we're refreshed. I think we're ready to go, and I think we've got. I mean, people talk about motivation and coming back and some teams not being able to play in front of a crowd. Can they get them up? But have you heard Klopp's interviews this week and how inspirational he's been? And if players aren't fucking ready, raring to go, ripped to go, Gav, on Sunday, 7 o'clock, you know, I'd be amazed. I think we're going to be... I think we're going to... You know, this season where, you know, we've spoken... I can't remember another show we spoke on, me and you, Gav, where I thought... I mean, this season we've played in a controlled manner and controlled games. Well, I think for the next two or three games, we're going to go back to the high-tempo, heavy metal football of Klopp in his first couple of seasons where we're going to go to blitz teams and then use the extra... Um, tactical nows that we've developed in the last year or two to control it after that. But I think our starts are going to be absolutely gung-ho. I think I don't think Everton are ready for what they're going to, you know, uh, come up against on, on Sunday evening. I really believe that. Um, Flash, sorry, just one Flash Gordon asks, what's the highest possible points that we can get? Is it 109? It is. Uh, Kieran B says, interestingly, uh, there might be an asterisk on United if they get Champions League for f- coming fifth. That'd be interesting. Uh, Chris Brack says, Klopp will use these nine games as a tempo setter. <laughs> as a tempo setter for next season. As the turnaround to next season is quite short. I, I agree with you. Um, on can I just that say one. something? Um, <laughs> of can. I, I should add. Um, what I want to say on Sunday is no respect, basically. I'm sick of us going to fucking Old Trafford and Goodison and showing mm-hmm. too much respect to these yep. teams that are far superior than technically. Now, we, we won't have to listen to the blue shirts in the stand on the Sunday. So we should blow these away. Because when it comes to the gulf and class and quality between the two sides, it, it, we are eons ahead of them. They shouldn't yep. be on the same pitches as we proved that we proved that in in the league game earlier on, on the season when you made changes and then we sent the kids out in the yeah, FA Cup yeah. and done it. Yep. I I me personally, performance wise on Sunday, I don't really care. Like, who gives a shit once you get the three points? Like the Champions League final, the performance is absolutely shite. We still done it. Performances don't really matter. Just get out over the line and then start expressing yourselves or whatever you do or have a party or whatever the fuck you want to do. Give all the kids a chance. But just get the league in the fucking bag. Nilo, just on the league, and we haven't you haven't been on a pod in a little while. Um, what have you made of the league? Because it wasn't because of any technical difficulties that you couldn't get touch me around like that. Like, uh, I think uh, it might have been, Nilo. I think it might have been. No, no, no. Um, I I think at one stage I was told, do not call the feds. Blah, the blah, feds blah, are listening. Blah, 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 blah. That, was, um, that was the guy with the helicopter. I thought it was the feds. It wasn't the press. All right, okay. Well, now I'm, I'm open to avoid... I can easily avoid you there without the feds or helicopters being involved. But, Neil, seriously, the league itself, you know, there's nine games to go. There's been this break, but you must have just enjoyed this immensely um, right up until it, until it stopped in mid-March. Yeah, it got a bit surreal there for a while. You know, we waiting 40 years for the fucking, you know, and it's, you think it's never going to come along. And then all of a sudden, you're suddenly the best team in the world. It was mad. 
It was mm. mad. But you know what I was pretty Sean was saying the performance just dipped a little bit there. But you see when you think of the fixture pile up, it was absolutely insane. So they wanted us to play uh, play in the, the airport there against Aston Villa in the <laughs> cup. What was it? In the in that stupid cup. cup. What's it called? Yeah. The Mortington Cup final championship game. Yeah. Thing. yeah. He wanted us to play in the air on the tarmac <laughs> in the airport, then get on the plane and play in twelve hours time to do wire Yeah. Um, yeah, the fixture pilot was insane and there was no real complaints either, just got on with it. Yeah. And, and then uh, who did we didn't the kids batter someone was the kids batter Everton was it? Yeah, they beat Everton one near Anfield in the FA Cup, yeah. Yeah, so listen, I retract everything I've just said. If we don't beat this bag of shit by a heap of goals and something or something like yeah, okay, okay. Um, lads, uh, that, yeah, everything's going great. I was that long since I spoke to you, you know, because no one rang me. Yeah, yeah, well, we, are, we, we didn't, listen, we didn't know the phone was happening. Grizz has had a kid now, he's only because it's a tour. Yeah, last time I spoke to you. Yeah, that's right. Um, and, and he's doing gourmet burgers now. What? He's doing gour- gourmet burgers now in, 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 the, in the shops. <laughs> okay, vegan, by the look of it. What? Sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, it's a halal. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, everything's halal. Halal, <laughs> halal, halal nappies. Halal Say that again, Nero. No. Say no, you can get me hands on a bit of halal meat if you need. Okay, thanks. There you go, Nilo. Um, yeah, a friend to all men. Um, listen, I'm before... Sorry, no one knows, no one knows the pearls of... Why Elvis threw it all away. Sorry, I thought we were doing song lyrics. No, no, go on. No, 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 no one knows the pearls of wisdom that come out of Nilo's brain at 3 4 a.m in the morning no one knows because yeah they're you know, amazing I'm, they are amazing because you know every night before i get to sleep i expect a text from him with just just a few lines of wisdom and mm-hmm. he, he never ceases to amaze me every single night well i lie about five nights out of seven it's absolutely amazing Come here, i hope nobody just tuned in there just just as you were saying nilo never ceases to amaze me five nights out of seven um listen there's about 10 minutes to go if you have any random questions throw them in and uh, we'll try answer them before we finish um shawnee back to you um you're, you're looking at everton and you're looking at palace and we spoke a bit earlier about you you getting anxious um just because football's back football just makes you anxious um I expect us to be everton and i expect us to be crystal palace but shawnee if we if we drew one and won another one and we still had to go to a tour game which would be city wouldn't it um would you be behind the sofa with Davo with share bags of meanies or would you just, yeah, you're okay with it? No, like it's, look, I'm not saying, there's no risk of us not winning the league. You know what I mean? It's just mm. once and until it's done, I'm going to be nervous watching the games. You know what I mean? It'll be yeah. in, in anticipation because like Nilo said, it's fucking 30 years and you've you seen the way City had to win that first title with the Aguero goal last kick of the season. And we were thinking, what's coming along here? To, what's like Liverpool have just steamrolled the whole league, and then we've had to deal with a worldwide pandemic. Look, unbelievable. We look, people, people played a kill over the three months, but there was times where I was genuinely shitting myself that this team are going to be denied the moment, and the fans were going to be denied the moment. I agree um, with you, Shani. At one stage, I kind of just had resigned myself that that's it; it's not happening now. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think it was going to happen, and. It was a real, it was a real, it was a kick in the teeth thinking, oh, well, fucking, are we going to win it when we're playing? That's the start of stuff that we are worrying about now. But I'm not worried about empty stadiums or anything anymore because it will be vindication for that group of players when the record books say they were the reigning champions of Europe, the reigning champions of the world, 
and the current Premier League champions. Because, yeah, would it be nice to win at Crystal Palace? Because for me, that's where we lost it last time. It exercised that yeah. ghost. Yeah, it'd be nice kind of way. Come back around full circle. There's loads of subplots, but I'd love it to be at Anfield. I'd love the players to have the moment together at Anfield. But in, 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 in terms of celebration and the joy, is is. It's gonna. It's not gonna be the same. It's, you know, yeah, but I think I think I think Klopp's been very good on this, Chris. He's he no, said he's like he's, he's been brilliant. great on it. Where he said like when it happens, it will happen, and no one will stop us when it's safe to do so. We will go and do that. So, well, uh, do you know uh, how the French team? I saw on Twitter someone someone today say, do you know how the French won the World Cup and they had a parade in the is it the Parc de Prince where yeah. they came out and like <laughs> each player? I think it's it's nailed on that we have to have something like that. A yeah. huge spectacle at Anfield at nights under the lights, and sort of yeah. each player gets his special recognition. You know, sort of come out each. each like player. the Super Bowl, something like that, Nilo. Something like yeah. that. They deserve it, and it's got to be because you cannot take away that feeling of adulation from these guys. These guys are fucking superheroes, man. They're absolute superheroes. They don't deserve not to have a chance to sort of in front of the fans get their adulation and. Sort of the recognition well, and you know everything, you know. They're saying now that there's going to be twenty five thousand people at the FA Cup final. Ah. Is that because is that because they can social distance them in the ground yeah. without well, an issue there? Yeah, they're gonna sell one ticket for every four seats. Yeah. So But the only the only problem is that's okay with people to the left or right of you, but the people in front of you, um I, I don't know how, yeah, how I that don't think I'm figuring out the maths here. No, I'm I am. just going to say, Nilo, do the maths. No, Nilo, do the maths, Nilo. I've done them already. I just don't want to make these look stupid. Right. <laughs> no, no, so, do you reckon? Tw- do you reckon twenty-five thousand is a, is a, is a fair enough number? So, with the how I'm just thinking, Gav, with the season kicking off again in what looks like September, I think before then the club will do something regarding uh, some sort of celebration. If they're allowed to, Shawnee. If they're allowed to, they can't. They can't do it. Not allowed to well, they, can, they, can, they can just dress her up as some protest and leave yeah. because <laughs> they were down anyway. Yeah, let's be honest. Take a, take a statue with some slave driver in the middle of Liverpool. Yeah, that's <laughs> pull it down. That's not even controversial. That's what they're fucking doing. Put it yeah. down and have the boys going by on the bus at the same time. Yeah. You can have one here, Van O'Connell. She's put a statue of Queen Victoria in the middle of it. We'd all head in. Yeah, could you could do that as well. Um, do you see for for, for um. We're fixing all of this in the space of in the space of an hour. Um but look, lads, uh, as I said it's not your bedroom wallpaper behind you. Yeah. You wanna see me um you wanna see me what's your bed spread like? It's the exact same. The exact same. Like, my ma my ma got me matching stuff. You get it in your Liverpool jammies, the Mrs. Tucker. Well, well look we haven't got loads of money, St. Nilo, so what she done was she got me the wallpaper for, for Christmas. I woke up Christmas morning, she was wallpapering and it looked great. Oh. And then on my birthday she got me the bed spread and all. Did she, yeah? Yeah, she sounds like ah, that. That's is that your bedroom in the home you're in? Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah. I'm working out yeah. right here, isn't it? Well, that's quite open. Years now back in society, <laughs> that's it, bro. And you know the way it is, like, um, like they're quite open in the home as to what I can do. They give me free time between 10 and 11 at night and then they tell me you to go back to bed. No, well, I rang you, but you didn't answer. You did your bollocks. <laughs> um, lads, uh, I, as I said before, Neil or not Neil, fucking Neil on the brain now. Uh, Keith is doing a Premier League show tomorrow night with regards to the games that are on tomorrow night and the games over the weekend, and he will do a proper um, 
preview of uh, Everton versus Liverpool. But lads, before we go, um, just give me a quick prediction for Everton v Liverpool. Shawnee first. Uh, it's 4-0. 4-0. Do you want to give me some scorers, Shawnee? Uh, Mane. Mane 2. Origi 1. Virgil 1. Okay. Why aren't you naming Salah in that, Shawnee? Because I have tier 1 information that Salah may or may not have tested positive for the COVID. Ah, okay. Um, that should that should um, lead to a nice, quiet night on the internet for you. Um, Grizz, <laughs> give us a prediction. Um, I think 3-1. Three, 3-1. One. Three, one. Do you want to give me any scores? Yeah. Uh, Rick Carlison for them. Yeah. And then for us, Mane, Bobby, and Minamino. Cool. Good stuff. Chris Brack has 4-0. Mane, Bobby, Origi and Keita. Avo goes for 5-0 to the Reds. Uh, Nilo, what are you going with? 2-0. Uh, 2-0. You don't want to give me scores, don't you? Know? No, I can't believe it. One thing before we go, I want to ask everybody, right? Because it's something yeah. you're thinking about. Who do you think is the most, the most influential player this year? Not necessarily the best player, but the most influential. Because I'm firm on my answer. Okay, we'll leave your answer to the end. Because you're firm in that and you've asked the, asked the question. Shawnee, who's been the most influential player for you this season? Mane. Okay, and wh- why would you say that? Um, just big moments. Uh, when games were nil all, when games were toy, he either assisted or got the goal. Um, I, I have a feeling people will go with Hendo and rightfully so. Hendo has been magnificent this year. A real driving force in the side. But I think Mane turned into a real match winner this year. Um, in games when Bobby and Salah went on the pitch, he was absolutely incredible. And okay. and Stu hits the nail on the head there. He epitomises attack and defence. Yeah. Okay. He does have both ends. Grizz, who are you going with? I'm going to go with Mane. And I understand a lot of people will go with... Uh, 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 I understand a lot of people, including Nilo, will go with Hendo. But then I have an afterthought, because I've been... As, as you know, Gav, I've watched every single game 90 minutes in the lockdown mm. period. And I've told you this in private, and I'm telling you in public as well now. Gini Wijnaldum has been severely underrated. He's been magnificent this season. Um, I just wanted to say Gini Wijnaldum, but my answer would be money. Okay. I've, I've had a little think about this, and I'm going to throw one in here for you. I'm going to throw Trent Alexander-Arnold in. Again. And, right, but, uh, and we'll get to your answer in a minute, Nilo. Um, but I, I, do you know something? Going back, um, even last season when we were when we were chasing chasing the title and stuff like that, and there was a couple of games where he dropped off. It looked a bit hesitant, and it looked like he might have been getting to him a little bit. Um, but this season, I think he's been very, very good, very, very good defensively. We we haven't been having this argument about one on one with people. His influence up the pitch gets bigger and bigger as the weeks go on. And if you look at the if you look at the amount of goals he's assisted or being involved in, and in tight enough games, I think Trent has been really, really influential. So from the position he's in and the position he plays to the age he is, um, I think I think he's a very, very good shout as well. But Nilo, tell us the correct answer. Alison. Right. And why? Well, because if you think of the... Well, firstly, the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. Secondly, the if, if Liverpool are ahead 1-0, it gives everybody the confidence that it's going to take an awful lot for anybody to score. He calms everything down because everybody feels a million times more assured. 
and it's the difference when he's in the team is just it's incomparable, really. Yeah. Well, it's, it's so right the answer is Alice. And listen, I tell you, I could go on about it for the next twenty minutes, but I don't need to because everybody's have to just go. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, but you look at <laughs> you look at the champions, the Champions League game, like at Best home. Example. Let's go. Best example. If we have, if, to be honest with you, and I'm not just saying this, I don't know whether other supporters watch this. If if we beat Let's Go and then we have to go and play in Lisbon next month in one off games, we're gonna blow the whole off. Yeah, that's just If we if Alison played against Let's Go, we, we would have won. No question. Yeah, you, I know you're talking about Let's Go. Um. Oh, I think, you know, he's been brilliant since he signed for us. Um, absolutely brilliant. But I think the making of him was the Champions League final. I think it's the biggest influence he's had on a game since he's been here. Now, people will go back to the yeah, Napoli save. Roma, late. Roma. Yeah, no, but but I, I get, but the, but the Napoli thing, people will go back to the big save from, was it yeah. Milik? Um, yeah, yeah. And, you yeah, know, people yeah. say, what a save. And, and, and it keeps us in the competition. He absolutely does. But in a final of a competition, when you're 1-0 up and he's just making saves that are, He's just making them look so fucking easy. He's so solid. He's not parrying things out. He's called on to the them. point, Gav, isn't it? Yeah, no, he's he's been absolutely brilliant. But I think you, you're saying about this season. I think that was the absolute making of him. And I think people said, "Yeah, he's good." But when they seen that Champions League thing, um, I think they went, "Ah, this is the real deal." And you know what? It's 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 a great show from Nilo because come here. Do you again, know what? It's even more impressive about him. He, he, he never makes anything. Doesn't want for the cameras. You know, it's never for a show. He makes it look so fucking easy. He's just in the right yeah. place at the right time. And people think, "Oh, he got his leg on that." It's doesn't. It's just the right place at the right time. Yeah. Or else you, you hear it all the time with top goalkeepers that the shot was straight at them. No, it exactly. wasn't. It's, it's like the way people compare, like an old school, I know, Pippo and Zaggy, for example, he just always happened to be there when the ball dropped in the six-yard box just to lay it off. He's the exact same as that, except... Yeah, they, they, they call him a lucky striker. Some people may call him Alisson yeah. a lucky keeper, but it's not. He's just absolutely technically amazing. It's just an inherent ability just to be in the right place at the right time. It's brilliant. Yeah, I've, 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 listened, I've listened to... I've listened to... Um, I've listened to... Add 20 minutes. Can I just yeah. say one thing? Alison Becker and Virgil van Dijk have made me look at football a completely different way. Um, I'm not nervous anymore. No, that as well. But yeah. before, before then, you're thinking, signing all these big attacking players makes the difference. It actually doesn't. People are asking me, am I worried about Chelsea? No, I'm not. Because they haven't got one world-class centre-back and they haven't got a world-class goalkeeper. And you won't win anything worth winning unless you have either or both. So Where Klopp goes, remember Klopp came out and said, I mean, uh, what's it, what did he call it? I got sick of my own mouth when he said it, rock and roll football or some, head, some shit like that, it was terrible. But anyway, it proves the point when as soon as he got a good heap of money, what did he do? Went out and bought a defender, the best goalkeeper in the world, the best defender, best defender half in the world. It's, it's like, that's basic stuff. You know what I mean? It's, football isn't complicated. Just don't concede goals and the chances See, are you get the other one. You brought, you brought out another talking point for another pod we're going to do next week where you're going to turn up on time when he gets a whole heap of money. See, that was when he gets a whole heap of money. So he yeah. needs a whole heap of money to go and buy another two players as well. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Next time, yeah. For the next time. Oh, for the next, for the time. next time. Um, listen, that's it, boys. Uh, it's been really good. The next time, um, we'll pay Neil to come on for the hour rather than half I'm just going to stay live now, Gav, till the next one. All right. Okay. We'll head off. I'm in the bedroom. Yeah. So we'll just get into the next. <laughs> yeah, just get in there and chill out. We'll be back to you in a week. Me when we're going to <laughs> yeah, yeah.
we can do that. We can do that. We can do that. Um, no, that's it. That's that's the fat bag for daily for tonight. As I said, keep an eye out. We have a show on uh, tomorrow night, and we have a show on Sunday night, and then we're back into next week. And you know, um, we will try to put out as much as we possibly can. Shawnee, thanks a million for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. No problem, guys. Thanks for having me, Pat. Good stuff, Grizz. Uh, absolute pleasure as always. No problem, Neilo. Legend. Great to see you back, and um, we'll have you on soon. We promise that Shawnee will ring you and book you in. Good stuff. That's been it. Fatback Four Daily. Touching a bit over and out. All this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.